Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Cassie, and this is Full Scream Ahead, your spooky road trip bucket list. Do you keep the do's in there? Sometimes. Cute. But I think I got it. Look at those volume levels. It looks better. Emily, it's the same volume levels as me. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. Yay. <laughs> we got you a new microphone, That's and so it's pink. It matches your shirt. It's so cute. It is very cute. I'm happy you're happy. Oh, I was at the Dutch Bros drive-thru, and because they're Dutch Bros, they're, like, obligated to ask you how your day is going or if you have any plans or something, <laughs> yes. which, like, I fully understand them wanting to, like, make small talk, but, like, it's early, it's a Saturday, like, not everybody wants to have a conversation, but I'm nice, right? And the girl was so sweet. And she's like, oh, well, do you have any plans for that day? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to record a podcast right now, and then I'm doing my nails, and then it's my friend's birthday, so I'm going to her house. She's like, you have a podcast? <laughs> And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I know everyone always sounds like so impressed when I tell them. And now I'm just like, maybe I need to stop telling people, We're especially just, at it's, work. <laughs> it's genuinely not that impressive. We're just two gremlins who hang out. It's, we, it's we not a big deal. scream into microphones once a week. Yeah. Um, but she was like, what's your podcast about? So I told her. She's like, that sounds like so much fun. And in my head, I was like, do I give her the name or no? Because, like, I don't want her to feel like she has to listen to it because I gave her the name, but, like, she genuinely seemed interested. But I also know that, like, part of her position is to be, like, unnaturally happy because this is America and customer service is ridiculous here. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, it's f- called Full Scream Ahead if you're interested, but if not, no worries. Like, it's not a big deal. We've only been doing it for a few months. Um, so if you're listening, girl from Dutch Bros, thank you. What up? Hello. I fucking love the Dutch Bros scripts. Um because one day me and John were in the Dutch Bros drive-thru and some girl, she's just like awkwardly like nodding and staring while we're waiting for our drinks and she stops and goes, oh, oh, wait. And then she turns and she like looks at a piece of paper and like scrolls her finger through it and then turns back around and goes, how's your day going? <laughs> oh, okay. I love the idea that she had to have the script to remember the sentence, how is your day going? Like, it, just, it didn't even occur to her to make small talk, which is wonderful, because not everybody wants to. That's fair. I, I think that's wonderful. Good for her. I hope she never loses that. I hope she always is just, like, kind of vibing, like, bobbing her head around, like, waiting for things to be done. Not and me then, at work when someone literally just needs their printer release, which takes five fucking seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's just like, hey, how are you? Hey, hey, how are you doing? Oh, my day's great. How about you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is so, your day great, though? And then sometimes it? I'm just, like, they'll be like, hey, this is so-and-so. How are you doing? I'm just like great what's your problem what's going on <laughs> that's me I, like yeah whenever customers call i always do the oh how's your day going this is cassie calling from blah blah blah, blah giving you an update on your blah, blah 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 how is your day going but inside my heart i just really want to be like we are still waiting for your part and you know that like if it wasn't required for me to call my customers every day i would save so much time because like Ooh. if like i've got i've got some things that are off lot right now at a vendor who's doing repairs and it's going to be until like next Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. So I have to call that customer every single day and we're still looking at next Thursday. Like I'm going to call you every day for a week and tell you that. Oh my God. I'd be so annoyed. Yeah. I, I tell most people they can just send me to voicemail and I won't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, but I had a customer who had something in service with us for a while. I don't know if I've mentioned like what I do or what I work with. So I'm just going to be vague. I had a customer who I was working with for like two months because there was a major repair that was needed. Okay. Um, 
And so at the end of it, when the repair was completed, he was like, I'm going to start calling you every day anyway, just to chat. I got used to this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's actually kind of really, that's kind of nice, but please Aww. don't. <laughs> uh, we want to be friends. He was a cool dude. And I thought that was funny. And then he called me back two hours later because he had a question about the repairs. But the first thing I said when the phone call was transferred to me, I was like, wow, you really just couldn't stay away from me, could you? Aww. And he was like, I told you. It was very funny. Aww. What about in the IT world? Are people being nice to you? Because I was not nice to my IT this week. Oh, I mean, they probably deserved it. Uh, They went six days without responding to me for a customer issue. I mean, also, I've been guilty of doing the exact same thing. That's just because I'm so overwhelmed. Which has been my big, like, problem this week. I've just been letting myself get too stressed out about it. Mm -hmm. And I realized yesterday when I just came home and just wanted to, like, just sit and cry for, like, an hour. I'm just like, you know what? I need to do some Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-reflection. Try not uh, to bring it home as much. Yeah. It's like I need to also like start turning off my phones when I'm not on call, turn off my, because on my personal phone I have uh, our chat app. That sounds like a mistake. The only reason I have it there exclusively because it's easier to send memes to my team members. Okay. But (laughs) I need to turn off notifications because it's like I left Thursday, I think, on like such a high, like even the CIO like messaged me and be like, oh, you're doing so great. Like, you're awesome. Like, thank you so much for your work today. And Mm -hmm. then systems engineer messages me about something I fucked up. Our telecom lady messages me about something I fucked up. I see an email come in from my supervisor about something I fucked up and just, like, ruined my whole afternoon. Yeah, you should turn off notifications (laughs) for that app. And I'm just like, you know what? I feel like I need to have stronger work-life boundaries. Yeah, you do. Supervisor Mm -mm. duties. Have you seen... You don't have a TikTok, do you? Do you? I have a TikTok, but I don't really come on it much. So, there's a creator... She's got this bit where she plays this employee at a call center, I assume, and her name is Veronica. And Susan is her manager. So Susan will be like, hey, Veronica, I need you to take on this extra project. And Veronica's like, respectfully, Susan, are you going to be paying me for the extra work that you're assigning me? And she's like, no, I just need you to be a team player, get it done. She's like, oh, well, I'm so sorry. It's not actually in my job duties. And if you're not going to pay me for the extra jobs, I will not be performing them. Thank you. And then she like walks away. And it's my favorite thing. I Um, love that energy. And I need to send you every single one of these she's ever made because I need you to internalize them all the way to the very like depths of your soul. Oh, that you should not be doing work that is not in your job description if you are not being paid for it. I don't, I'm just anxiety mm-hmm. mess. I also haven't had nicotine since Monday. Why? Because I'm trying to cut back. Okay. I'm trying to actually cut it out. Um, so I'm just going cold turkey? Just going cold turkey. And it's giving me so much anxiety. So like anxiety from work on top of that, I'm just like, Argh. I didn't know you smoked nicotine. Yeah. I don't smoke cigarettes that often, but I was really, really relying on the vape i did know that i did know you had the vape i don't know why i didn't assume it was nicotine i my vape was nicotine yeah i uh i threw my vape away december 23rd last year nice. which proved to be a mistake because then all day christmas eve and all day christmas day i had a raging migraine mm. um so that was unfortunate like we were playing star trek ascendancy it's this like four or five hour board game it's called a 4x game so it's um exploration i don't remember what the other ones are but you're it's like a space battle game where like you're um, fighting over like land and rights and shit like that so it takes a long time and i had to stop like an hour in because my head hurt too much to focus oh, no. um but after i got over the initial headache i've been okay yeah I'm really excited to be able to breathe, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think especially since I had COVID and, yeah. like, smoking on more and more on top of that, like... Not helpful. Also, like, I don't started... Don't you have asthma? I don't have asthma. You don't have asthma. But, like, 
I also know like heart problems are very common in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's not like pain, but I kept feeling like pressure in my chest last week. And I'm just like, you know what? It, it's time. I'm three months away from 30. Uh, I need to start taking better care of myself. Yeah. My big, oh, this is it moment is, so I've had a vape twice. The first time I had a vape, I threw it away when all those articles came out about people like dying from vape mm-hmm. and they couldn't figure out what it was yet. And it turns out it was like, like sketchy vape juice that they were buying and smoking that was unsafe for I still buy sketchy marijuana vape juice, but like not nicotine. Okay. Well, people died. So maybe don't. <laughs> um, so I threw my vape away that first time because I freaked out and I wasn't sure like what was causing it and I didn't want to die. Like I'm like yeah. I, I'm not quite, quite that level of ready to <laughs> die yet. Um, that's a little too close. Right. So I got a vape again last year in April because I was going to see, to visit Shelby up in Reno when she still lived there. Um, and I wanted a vape for like the seven hour drive cause I knew oh, I was going to yeah. like be anxious a little bit. Um, so I got it in April of last year and I threw it away in December because like I went to go like stretch my arms, um, like behind my back kind of, and then my whole chest, like my whole lungs just like hurt oh, when I was wow. trying to uh, stretch and I was like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Um, so I was walking out of work and I threw my vape away in the work trash can um, because I will dumpster dive through my personal house trash can to get my vape back. <laughs> I have too much pride to dumpster dive at work. Um, so once it's in the work trash can, it's gone forever. Mm. So I threw it away because I was having chest pains um, and I haven't had chest pains since I stopped vaping. I think I have like CBD vape juice somewhere that doesn't have nicotine in it. Maybe if it gets like too bad, I'll like fill up the tank with that because I yeah. still have it but I'm just like I'm trying to avoid the nicotine yeah I feel like replacing it with CBD would probably be good um for like when you get home as a way to like calm down without the nicotine do you still have like jitters or anything uh kind of but also it's been just like anxiety on top of anxiety all week yeah so it's just like I get home and I'm just like you know what I'm gonna disassociate and play Dragon Age for six hours I liked your tweet I didn't understand it but uh, I've been tweeting a lot about I'm either happy lately. for you or I'm sorry that happened I really can't tell <laughs> I, get, I just get like really fucking involved in like the romances and these Bioware games they mm-hmm. destroy me um I have been playing Power Wash Simulator what it's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like you're a you're a person who has a power washing business that sounds so satisfying and you power wash things um my friend who's power wash my sins away I mean, unfortunately, it's not power wash with holy water, so no. Um, But so my friend whose birthday I'm going to tonight, she's the one who told me about it. And I was like, oh, my God, please show this to me. So she logged into Steam at my house and she showed me the game. And I was like, this is incredible. I can't wait to play it. So she bought it for me for my birthday, which is later this month. And now every day when I get home, I have some weed and I just power wash things until it's time to go to bed. And it's the most satisfying thing. That sounds amazing. That sounds so relaxing. It's very nice. It's very nice. Um... We got a game called Moonrakers. It was a it's a board game. It's a Kickstarter. Uh, we got it two years ago. Um, oh. We just took the plastic off on Sunday, um, and we played it on Sunday. And I'm obsessed. I think it might be one of my favorite games I've ever played. Um, so I played that on Sunday, and then I played it on Tuesday. Um, Jacobs, my my boyfriend's dad and his dad's girlfriend came over for dinner on Thursday. Um, last night I went out to a hookah lounge with a friend. I've been all over the fucking place doing shit. I have done nothing fun. That's okay. You can come do fun things with me. <laughs> it's spooky season. Spooky season. I paid all of my bills on time this month for nice. the first time, like, ever. So now I can actually, like, start saving money for fun things. Nice. Very nice. I'm very excited for that. I really want to do corn mazes. 
I really want to do... Oh, we have to go out to that corn maze. I really want to do Gilcrease Farms. Love Gilcrease. That's, I mean, that's, like, standard. That's, like, what everyone in Vegas does. I've you never... have to go get the apple cider. You have to pick I've, a pumpkin. I've never been to Gilcrease Orchard. You've never been to Gilcrease? Okay, we're going. We're going to yeah. pick a pumpkin. I've it's had packed, but, I mean, it's... I've had Gilcrease Orchard apple cider. It's really good, it's but best. I have not gone myself, which is funny because I used to live up in that area. I lived down oh. the street from it. That's right. Um, but, like, we just never went to the orchard for some reason. I don't understand. Yeah. I remember last year when me and John went, we had to park, like, a block away. And people are just, like, I don't know, abandoned wheelbarrows all up and down the street. And people are, like, opening their cars and selling, like, candied apples and shit. Like, That's fun. Like, like, they know, like, half the city is going to be walking down that sidewalk that mm-hmm. day. And so then they put up a bunch of... Mm-hmm. stalls and stuff and then i went and i got my two little half gallons of apple cider i'm just like i'm so happy and then like the lady comes out she dumps another box and he goes this is it this is the last of the season i'm like give me another one go 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 i have this problem with their apple cider where it's so good that i don't want to drink it all because i want to savor it but then it ends up going bad eventually and then i'm like well now i wasted uh-huh. it because like i just i want like what if i want some in november you know but it's not going to be good in november it's fresh apple cider like yeah. stop being an idiot just drink it mm-hmm. but here i am No play, just cuddle. Butthead. Anyway. So the, we are now doing the part two. When we left off last time, our young um, dainty prince was king. He was a king. He was our, king. Our young dainty king was found dead. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So. And this is where we get into the maybe murders. Yep. So we're back at Neuschwanstein. Actually, we're not back at Neuschwanstein. We're at Bird Castle. Do not throw your toys at me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a toy-free zone. So, where we left off last time, we're in June 12th, 1886. So, the government arrived at Neuschwanstein um, to seize Ludwig because he was declared mentally in unfit to, to be sit king. on the throne. Yeah. And then this wily bastard somehow managed to avoid them until 4 a.m. Love that for him. So, him and his psychologist, Dr. Gudin, remember Dr. Gudin is the one who performed his um, quote-unquote evaluation. And, like, diagnosed him as unfit without actually talking to him. He just talked to everybody else around him. Exactly, exactly. He listened to the gossip, the rumor weed, as VeggieTales taught it. <laughs> oh, my God, the rumor weed. I'm sorry, I I, came, I grew up in a very religious family. I watched a lot of fucking VeggieTales. The rumor weed scared the shit out of me. Oh, my God. I, see, I like to focus my VeggieTales memories on more, like, happy things like Barbara Manatee. I only remember the rumor weed. Oh. Barbara Manatee is, like, lives rent-free in my head still Also, we day. are the pirates who don't do anything. That's oh, VeggieTales, right? Oh, we need to right? back. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was quite iconic. But just, like, randomly I'll be sitting at my desk in the day and I'll just hear in my head, Oh, Barbara Manatee, you are the one for me. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I've seen that. I just don't remember it. So I remember apparently two things about VeggieTales. Yeah, my family was very, very pro VeggieTales when I was a kid. Anyway, um, I don't think that that's um, what Dr. Gruden was using to... No, it's not like... I don't know. Why did I think that was like a therapy thing for a minute? I don't know. I mean... I'm the one who brought a VeggieTales. Where, 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 my brain just like crashed. Oh, <laughs> so I, well, because, so he was listening to other people talk oh, about the king really? and then I made a rumor we joke and then we got here. That, that's it. That's how we got here. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's someone brought a map. <laughs> so after he was captured, um, he confronted Dr. Gudin and asked him like, why are you doing this to me? Like, why, why did you declare me insane? 
and says there was doc. He said there was documentary evidence, and that was enough to justify the matter. So the two of them were transported to Berg Castle, um, which is more like up north than Neuschwanstein is. Mm-hmm. So and that's where we left off last time. Evidence? What evidence? It's the rumor weed. The rumor weed. So we're actually going to spend the first part of this episode at Berg Castle because I do feel like Neuschwanstein's history is like very tightly interwound with um, Ludwig's history. So I feel like it's only best to finish out his story before we go back to the castle. Yeah. So Ludwig was taken into custody and he was effectively deposed later that day. His uncle got to rise to power as regent, um, which some people felt like trying to grab the throne might have been a reason why certain people were so eager to get Ludwig off the throne. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a theory. But so anyway, Dr. Gudin and Ludwig are at Berg Castle and... They decided to take a stroll around um, Lake Starnberg that evening, and they promised to be back at 8 o'clock for dinner. But they didn't arrive at 8 o'clock, and a search party went out to find them. Around 11 o'clock, they found at the shallow part of the lake both the bodies of Ludwig and Dr. Gudin. Wild. They were floating in waist-high deep water. Ludwig was only 40 years old at the time of his death. Poor king. I know. Official records say that Ludwig tried to commit suicide. The main theory that they're going with is that he tried to commit suicide by drowning himself in the water. The doctor tried to save him and in the process ended up getting drowned himself. But... It's convenient to make the doctor look like a hero when he's a quack who diagnosed him unfit for the throne by rumors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little, um, there's a little bit more to that, though, because... According to the doctor's report of the bodies, there may have been signs of a struggle. So the doctor's body had broken fingernails. There were scratches on his face. There was bruises on his face. But they never did an autopsy on the doctor. Hmm? But they did an autopsy on Ludwig. And what that autopsy found was there was no water in his lungs. Which, if you drown... Your lungs fill with water, and that's how you die. And, I mean, I'm not a doctor, and I don't know anything, like, about this, but I Googled it, and, yeah, what from what I found is what happens when you drown is that your lungs fill with water, and that restricts your ability to, you know, breathe and whatnot. I mean, yes. it seems pretty straightforward to me. Yes, if there's no water in the lungs, it means you didn't drown. Exactly, so that indicates he was dead before he was in the water. And, like, knowing there were scratches on the doctor and, like, bruises to his face, I wonder if he was, like, strangling Ludwig. And Ludwig was, like, trying to fight back, which is why he had, like, maybe had bruises on his face. Because you can reach someone's face if they're strangling you. Yeah. There was a journal that was found by a member of the search party. I mean, this is just someone's journal. This is their own personal remembrance of what happened that night. It has been determined as legitimately belonging to this person and written to this person who was an actual part of the search party. But of course, you know, because it's their thoughts. We don't know how 100% accurate they are. So take it with a grain of salt. Disclaimer, throwing that out there. Um, So Jacob Liedel, he was involved in the search party. And he says that him and everyone else that evening were sworn to secrecy by the Bavarian minister. They all had to take oaths that they would never tell what happened or what they actually saw that night. So Jacob is breaking his oath. Mm, well, he wrote it in his diary, and they didn't find it until after he died. Mm. So in his in this journal entry, he claimed that Ludwig had actually tried to escape that night. So he was planning to run, and Jacob was trying to help him. Um, he provided a boat, and when Ludwig tried to climb onto the boat, he was shot twice in the back. 
Jacob panicked, shoved the body out of the boat, and paddled home. I would too. Shit. Were there gunshot wounds on Ludwig's body on the autopsy? It doesn't say, but in the 1950s, so about, you know, 60 years later, uh, one of his relatives, her name was Countess Josephine. She had the jacket he was wearing that night, and there were two bullet holes in the back. Oh. Um, She had shown this to numerous people. Tons of people saw this jacket. Everyone knew it was his. I don't know if it had ever been determined to be, like, 100% authentic, but it was widely accepted that it was. But unfortunately, we don't have this jacket anymore because, unfortunately, the Countess did have a house fire in 1973, which killed both her and her husband and destroyed all of their belongings, including the jacket. That's sad. That's so sad. I wonder if the reason that the autopsy doesn't mention anything about the gunshot wounds is because they were covering it up. That's it's a possibility. I'm just gonna go with that. That's that's my theory. I think that's fact. If now. we um, if we take what Jacob says as fact, then yeah. And if this jacket actually existed, you know. But I just feel like it's a, too many different people with the same story of what happened that night. Yeah, because you can't construct a lie this well. Mm-hmm. And like, have it like multiple and, people over sixty years and like like know the same details about the lie and. So, after his death, um, the castle was renamed Neuschwanstein, which translates directly to New Swanstone. After Ludwig's death, it was a homage to the tragic and eccentric figure known as the Fairy Tale King. The castle was still super debt-ridden and was still, you know, the cause of a lot of financial strain in the area. Yeah. So, just a few weeks after his death, seven weeks. Yep. So, just seven weeks after Ludwig's death in 1866... His uncle had chosen to open it to the public. It's paid for itself many times over because it is now visited by 1.4 million tourists a year. Wow. And is the most visited attraction in Germany. That's pretty impressive. The, the most visited attraction in Germany. The most visited. That's impressive. I mean, I, I, I tried to verify that last night. I did see some accounts that it might be the Brandenburg oh. Gate that's the most visited, but... <laughs> I feel like that's just because that's smack in the middle of, like, a major city. Okay, yeah, that would make um, and, sense. But Neuschwanstein, I feel like that's what you think of when you think of Germany is this picture of this castle. When I think of Germany, I think of Oktoberfest. I mean, same region. That's very Bavarian. Also, my friend Sam moved to Germany. We were in, after middle school, I think, she moved to Germany. And so whenever I think of Germany, I immediately think of her. Aw. I haven't seen her in a long time. When I visited Neuschwanstein, we were staying in Munich which is like a two hour drive away from the castle. Um, but we were there two hours before October, not two hours, we were there two weeks before <laughs> Oktoberfest. So they were still like getting everything set up. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, damn, I really did not plan this right. <laughs> so that's about it for Ludwig. Um, so a little bit more about the castle's like kind of darker history. So it was the center of a Nazi art smuggling ring for a while there. I always forget, like the Nazis are you know bad and i feel like i don't have i feel like i shouldn't have to say that but i do in today's world I'm nazi nazi's bad um if but I you feel have like, an argument about that please unfollow yeah like um, it, would you punch a not punch a nazi if the answer is no you're not our comrades um yep. punching nazis is always acceptable 100 percent. that was for legal reasons that was not a threat that was a joke yeah um <laughs> please don't sue me <laughs> please don't sue me i have nothing you want <laughs> i'm very poor yeah i remember um hold on what was i gonna say oh yeah so i always forget how much like nazis like 
stole and smuggled artwork and artifacts and stuff because you it, it you focus so much on like the Jewish people and their experiences and like the survivors and what it was like for them mm-hmm. like that is the most harrowing result of the Nazi party and I think that's universally agreeable so given how horrific all of that is I feel like it's very (laughs) I feel like it's very easy at least for me like it's very easy to forget like how much artwork and like culture things were stolen as well I'm like it's got to be somewhere like so much of it is still missing oh yeah that's that's a good point yeah I didn't even know like Nazis had briefly taken over this castle until like I was doing research for this episode Mm -hmm. it's like it's not mentioned anywhere in the tour or okay well when I went my tour guide accidentally booked the wrong tour and booked it in German. Um, so he was just like frantically running behind or translating the whole time. But even still, on like all the signage and everything, there's nothing about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they even stated like, yeah, like we're not going to bring that up during our tour. Well, it was like that for my tour of the catacombs, too. I didn't know. I didn't know that Nazis had used the Paris catacombs and the quarries that had been dug as, like, tunnels to, like, get under the city of Paris and stuff like that. Like, that wasn't mentioned on my tour of the catacombs. I learned that researching for this. It's wild. Basically, the Nazis were everywhere and they suck. Yep. Punch a a Nazi. Punch a Nazi in the face today. During World War II, um, Neuschwanstein was headquarters for an art looting operation known as the Rosenberg Task Force. Hitler said, and this is a direct quote from a 1940s transcript, search lodges, libraries, and archives and occupied territories of material valuable to Germany. And so the troops stormed neighboring France, and in an effort to build Führer's museum, they plundered treasures and art and whatever valuables they could find. Um, between 1940 and 1945, a lot of these stolen valuables were funneled into various locations in Germany, including salt mines, monasteries, and castles, things that would be hard to get to. I read an article by an art historian. Her name was Tanja, Tanja Bernsau. Oh, and I forgot to mention this last time, but I actually started like keeping track of my sources just as like an effort to be more transparent. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to start including those in like show notes mm-hmm. or when I eventually make us a website. Just make sure I include my We're sources. We're going to have a website. Uh, I mean, I feel like we should. I feel oh. like that's standard, something we should do. So this art historian, Tantia Brunsell, she said, Neuschwanstein Castle was chosen as the headquarters of the Rosenberg Task Force because its location was right near the Austrian border. It's far from Berlin, so it's far from the capital. Kind of isolated. It's in this tiny town in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little hard to get to, but because of where it's at, it's right by Austria, not very far from France. It's... Yeah, and it's a big-ass castle that's empty because they never fucking finished it. Which is sad. Did they finish it by now? Um, They finished, they really simplified it. Construction, at least, like, looks mostly done, but a lot of it's still empty from what I remember. Mm -hmm. That was, um, what I mostly remember from that day is it's a fucking leg day. Like, we were up and down stairs and just... Yeah, Hearst Castle is like that, too. Just do do your stretches beforehand. Mm Mm-hmm. So most of the looted property was stored in Neuschwanstein stemmed from France. And it's this French connection that ultimately like created like a little breadcrumb trail that the U.S. Army could find to lead them to the castle. So luckily, most of the French artifacts and art that were stored here were eventually reclaimed and sent back to where Good. they were supposed to go. Good. Which is, no, it's not normally the case for a lot of things, but at least there was like an effort made to find out exactly where all this art was funneled from and send it home. Mm-hmm. 
Art historian S. Lane Faison described a discovery in an interview of the Archives of American Art. He said that the key was a curator, a French curator. Her name was Rose Valland. She pretended to be a Nazi collaborator and worked with them to make a notes of where things were stored and where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. So this lady, Rose Valland, she is really let out the breadcrumbs for a lot of this stuff to be able to be found. So she, for four years, she tracked where all the art was being shipped and where it was being sent. Wow. For four years. She worked with the Nazis. Okay. But kind of. Secret. Nazi spy. Yeah, she was doing it so that way she would be able to reclaim them later. Mm Mm-hmm. So. That's so dangerous. I know. No, thank you. Ball move. No, thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to not be notable in history and I'm happy with that. (laughs) Rose Valens' reports led the Allies to the Bavarian castle. So when U.S. troops descended on Neuschwanstein in 1945, there was a vast collection of index cards, lists, and slides detailing where 21,000 stolen items were. Holy shit. They just used it as a storage castle. Yep. (laughs) And she detailed where 21,000 pieces of artwork were going. Oh, my God. She must have been so organized. move. She must have been so organized. Oh, my God. Virgo, for sure. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's further evidence I'm not a Virgo to that app that told me I'm a Virgo, even though the cutoff is the day before my birthday. Not a Virgo. It depends on, like, where the sun was at the moment you were born, I think. I don't know. That's another Katie question. Maybe I should start uploading these so Katie can answer our questions. If I'm going... I've lived my entire life believing I'm a Libra. If it turns out I'm a Virgo, I'm going to have such an identity crisis. It's going to be ridiculous. Oh. Like, because my best friend is a Virgo because her birthday's a month before mine. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have spent so much time my entire life looking at Libra and Virgo things. And the Virgo things have never been the things, but the Libra things have always been the things. Three of my siblings are Virgos. I'm very familiar with Virgo energy. I don't think I have Virgo energy. But also, like, half my birth chart's in Capricorn. So, like, I feel like I am Capricorn for all intents and purposes. You are a Capricorn. 100%. That is correct. I like Virgos. I just am not a Virgo. Yeah. Three of my siblings are Virgos. That's a lot of Virgos. I'm just like... That's a lot of Virgo energy. It's too much. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. losing my bullet points maybe i should have organized myself better <laughs> maybe i should have had this lady help me because she's amazing <laughs> yeah this lady's got all the organizational skills that we will never have so the crates of all the goods were relocated to the u.s directed central art collecting points near the end of world war ii and they tracked down the treasure's original owners so our historian said that you know this was a huge task um these works of art all had to be inventoried photographs and restituted one by one and it was this huge project that took years they worked with american and art historians and all their secretaries to make sure that these items went back home mm-hmm. we're not trying to hide that fact said castle spokesperson thomas rainier when asked why the castle doesn't say anything about their Nazi involvement. They said that they want to confront the castle's role in Nazi histories, but they have more than a million visitors per year and very strict regular tours that only last 30 minutes. So we're going to focus on what we can during that time. I feel like that's a weird way to say this is not what we want to focus on. Cause like you're actively choosing to not include any of that. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, 
I've, I don't really understand the reason to exclude that because the castle does have a varied history, but it would take two minutes to be like, oh, and during this time frame, the castle was used to harbor stolen art during this era. And thanks to this person, a lot of it was, you know, found and restored and sent back to where it's from. I just did it in 45 seconds. I'm not a there professional. We go. Right. Hire me. We spent like what, like five minutes on that? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I spent I 30 seconds. I, I was thinking of the words as I was saying them. Yeah. Um, so clearly it can't be that difficult to include like a smidgen mm-hmm. about that part of the history. When I went there, it was very, very focused on, oh, look at this weird eccentric guy. Look at all this stuff dedicated to Richard Wagner. Look how ornate and beautiful it is. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that was it. That was like the extent of most of the tour. I mean, yeah, he's pretty weird. But... I mean, <laughs> the guy is pretty eccentric and I'm sure the castle is beautiful. It really is. I want to go back. I didn't realize until it showed up on my Facebook memories this year. It's like the seven year anniversary of when I was there. It's six years since I was in Hawaii Aww. right now. I didn't remember feel like what, it was that long ago. Remember when we were traveling? Oh, I remember when travel was a thing. Yeah. I guess it's a thing again, but now I'm poor. Yeah. Now I'm afraid. Mostly poor. Yeah. So a little bit about how the castle's doing today. Um, so Noah Schwenstein does need constant work to remain in its preserved space. Um, the limestone facades are damaged by the mountain harsh climate, and they do have to be renovated section by section mm-hmm. um, over a number of years. Um, there's also movement in the foundation, um, which has to be continuously monitored so that, you know, the castle doesn't fall off the freaking cliff. That's kind of high up there on a hill. Wow. <laughs> so- Bad place. Yep, so but they, you get a pretty view of the lake, and that's all he wanted for his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that does have to be continuously monitored um, and secured so that parts of the structure don't slip down the mountain. Can you imagine that happening? Like, there's tourists there all the time. Like, it would take some tourists with it. Oh, my God, I That'd know. That'd be terrifying. It's, oh, like, it's always so busy there. Yeah. So I couldn't find a lot on the hauntings. Um, when I was trying to find it, I tried really hard to find it, but I just kept finding articles that say local stories say it's haunted. And that's it. That's the extent of everything. I think there. local stories are so fun to include because like, even if it's not like real or provable or something like that, there's, sometimes there's you so want to believe fun. in this. And spook. I was trying so hard to find them. So if you please, if you are a local or you know of what this local legend is, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest I could find was that um, supposedly at night you can see men dressed in 17th century military uniforms um, floating through the air. And I couldn't find any like details on it, but I did find that there is a local legend where there are generals in the Bavarian army, army who were displeased with their king, faced the consequences for that, and now they're kind of stuck there floating around. I couldn't find anything about it, but I just, I like to think that because like he was like so in love with this place and put so much of his own energy into there, like... Mm-hmm. He's still Ludwig there. It's just tied to it. He's just hanging out there. Just chilling. And he gets to see how many people are excited to see his yeah. castle. It was um, supposed to be like his private home, and now it's like the most visited place. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I'm sure there's plenty of gay couples that go, go visit oh, now. And yeah. so he gets to be like, oh, gay people here. And here they are in my room that I dedicated to the my celebrity crush. Exactly. Love it. That's an intense celebrity crush. <laughs> it really is. Like, in here is my room dedicated to artworks about Pete once. <laughs> <laughs> it really would be, though. <laughs> if you visited the castle today, Neuschwanstein Castle can be visited with a guided tour that lasts around 30 minutes. The website did say that um, tours are provided in English, but I do know for a fact they provide German tours because I was accidentally on a German tour. And I didn't <laughs> speak German at the time, so... <laughs> Wait, hold on. You learned German after you went to Germany? 
So I went to Germany a couple times. Um, so this was my first time. I didn't. The only thing I knew, because I was like a strict vegan at the time, was food words. Mm-hmm. Um, Kartoffeln is still my favorite word. It's what potatoes. Does that mean? Oh. <laughs> so I didn't really know anything about it. And then I met like a German friend. And then I came home. And then I took classes. And then I took. Um, Got it. I needed an elective that year. I went to UNLV, so I took more German classes. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and. Yeah. I had almost a full conversation with someone in our German office this week. I was very proud of myself. Nice. Couldn't solve this problem, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't speak the language, but we were accidentally on a German tour. So my poor tour guide, um, shout out to Ingo, who has... So I travel with a travel company that assigns a tour guide for your entire trip during all the countries you go to. And every time I've booked a trip to them, even though they swear they have like dozens and dozens of tour guides i always end up with ingo don't know how it's fate shout out to ingo but yeah so he had to like quickly run behind her and like quickly translate like everything she's saying for our group and he just looked panicked the whole time and this is like our first introduction i'm just like okay that's how it's gonna be (laughs) like you know what it's it's slightly unhinged chaos and i'm here for it (laughs) Everything with Ingo is slightly unhinged, and I love it. When I went to Berlin, was it 2018, I think? I kept getting lost in the airport, and he's like, okay, everyone, meet me at the Starbucks. Because if there's one thing I know about Americans, you can always find a Starbucks. And I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, how it's are you just so going to say that? Found him in five minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> an American can always find a Starbucks. <laughs> it's true. There's, like, beacons. <laughs> Like when calling all the basic bitches home to the mothership, and I'm just like, I'm here. When I was in um, Oslo, there was the main train station that you like go from the airport to the city, and so the train was like super quick to where we were staying. We were staring, we were staying right next to Karl Johan's Gate, which is like the main like shopping tourist street. Ooh. It's also where the Parliament building is. Nice. Um, and we found. The, like the first day we walked through this random place, had no idea what we were looking for. Starbucks, <laughs> just right there. It's like, all right, I guess we're getting coffee at Starbucks. Right. <laughs> I wonder if it's different. It's not. <laughs> it's the same thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so this was my first trip, and it was it was actually the afternoon after we got back from Neuschwanstein. He purposely dropped us off in the middle of the city and said, "If you want to go back to the hotel and take a nap, then you have to get your own self there. But you don't come to a foreign country to go take a nap in the hotel." And that, I think that's kind of like how my vacation philosophy got built that I now torture everyone with when I go on places now. It's kind of rude. Um, if I want to take a nap, I will. <laughs> I spent a whole day in Paris just watching Lucifer in the hotel room. Yeah. Because um, I was so exhausted. I was like, I, I can force myself to go out. But I was also getting a sick. Like, I had a bit of a cold. Oh, yeah. Because it was, like, raining out. So I was like, I have a bit of a cold. I could go out and force myself to do things. And I'm going to remember seeing it. But I'm going to remember being miserable. So I would rather just, like, take the hot shower, lay in bed, and do it again tomorrow exactly um but i guess he kind of had a point because we were only in the city for a couple days Mm -hmm. but also like it was my first time traveling Mm. and i was alone Mm -hmm. in a foreign country didn't speak the language um (laughs) barely knew what was going on so i kind of had like a slight panic attack and i ended up just like sitting at a starbucks because i found Uh a starbucks because you're an american right i'm just like it's something familiar but then it's also it was literally right across from Hofbrauhaus, which Mm -hmm. is like one of the most famous breweries in the world Mm -hmm. we have one here but it's like a yeah but that was just the original i like the Hofbrauhaus here i've never been to it here it's good i've been to all the ones in germany but i've not been to the one that i used to live down the street from that's impressive (laughs) but Yeah, yeah it's good so i was uh so i sat across from that at a starbucks and then while i'm sitting there like 
in one of the buildings across there was like a ballet class going on and I just sat there and people watched and it was it's actually a really great afternoon but yeah Starbucks <laughs> Americans can always find it that should be their new slogan that was a weird tangent but um, I mean oh listen well. it's, the last. it's our podcast we'll do what we want yeah so Neuschwanstein because of its location because it's on a hill you cannot park at the castle there is designated parking in the village but then you have to get to the castle do they offer a bus service there is a shuttle service but you do have to walk the last like 10 minutes okay. um it's not super handicap friendly but they do try to make accommodations they can't take electric wheelchairs up but if you do have like a fold-up one they recommend you take a horse-drawn carriage because there are horse-drawn carriages that are just constantly going up and down the hill which don't make me feel great but i mean i guess is it because you don't like horse-drawn carriages yeah i just i don't like i feel like there could be a better solution that doesn't involve working animals yeah but i mean i kind of get like where they're coming from like they're trying to preserve this area they don't want like motorized vehicles or anything getting close especially with like how fragile the um area is on the Mm -hmm. side of the and how many like millions of people are there all the time Mm -hmm. so you can hike it which is what i did it's about a 40 minute hike you can either go up like the main path or um which we did going up and then when we came down we came down through like a wooded area there's like a trail so it's more feels more like you're in nature Mm -hmm. um there is a path that goes behind it to um on the marion bridge which is where the official website says is the best place to take a photo and this is where a lot of the iconic photos are taken but it was under construction when i was there (gasps) rude so i didn't get to go on the bridge but boo so i had I guess i just have i to feel go back. like they owe you a trip exactly i have to go back now well i feel like they should pay for you to go back they ruined your photo yeah i'm being facetious sure. <laughs> i'm being facetious we're not those americans i hope i was so stressed out about going to another country for the first time and then thinking like oh it's americans ew like i agree so I want you to know that we're on the same side. <laughs> like, I want you to know that I'm not that American just by, like, me saying two words to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, before I went to Norway, I was, like, looking up, like, what is, like, like the fashion? Like, what are people, like, generally wearing? Like, how can I, like, not stand out too much? I was, like, like I mentioned, I was looking up, like, yeah. if my hair color was allowed. And um, when I went to Paris, it was the same thing. But people in Norway were so much nicer. Aww, or people so people in Oslo, specifically, were so much nicer. There was a, a, a dude named Ozzy that worked in the Lush on Carl Johan's Gate. Aww. And when Ozzy found out, we spoke... English because he's just started talking to us in Norwegian and I think it's just because we're white ladies oh. so we just kind of look U- European and so he just assumed so he starts talking to us in Norwegian and we just look panicked and he was like oh are you American and we were like yeah and then he was so excited I to practice his English in a lush in Berlin I really think <laughs> <laughs> it was so sweet he was oh. so excited to practice his English he was so nice oh. um we had several people tell us that they absolutely thought we were we were Norwegian um, oh, when we told awesome. them that we were American and we didn't understand what they were saying. And that was the biggest compliment to me because it means that I don't come off as an American, which is great. I mean, I always try to be, like, super nice and respectful and, like, whatever I can to make, like, our conversation, like, more pleasant. But mm-hmm. then on the end of the day, I'm always like, listen, I'm a tourist. Mm-hmm. I'm from Vegas. This is my right to be a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People who live in tourist cities will understand the struggle. Yeah. Um, like, I remember when I was in Krakow, Ingo told us, listen, like, these cars aren't going to stop. Like, it's always busy. If you want a car to stop so that you can cross at the crosswalk, you have to make direct eye contact with them and give them the look so that they know you're going to cross, and then they will stop. And I'm just like, listen, 
I walk through downtown Las Vegas all the time. I know this fucking look. So, like, everyone would, like, count on me to be like, we're crossing the street now. (laughs) You just have to stare down the drivers until they're like, all right, shit, my bad. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, with 1.4 million visitors a year, it's the most visited attraction in Germany. So if you do go, book in advance. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting in line for up to three hours. No, thank you. The website says. So uh, that sounds super fun. I mean, it's a beautiful area. I mean, it's like... You do get, like, a very panoramic view in the waiting area of, like, the whole valley, and it's gorgeous. But I don't want to stand there for three hours. Nope. That's a, that's a little much. My feet will hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the outside of the castle is also one of the most photographed castles. Um, like I mentioned briefly in part one, Walt Disney and his wife took a trip to this area. Mm-hmm. And he used that as the inspiration for the Disney logo and Sleeping Beauty's castle in well, Disneyland. Sleeping Beauty, sleep, what, sleep what? Sleeping Beauty is a German fairy tale, isn't it? I'm not sure. I think so. Maybe like Brothers Grimm or something. But yeah, he was just like super inspired by the outside of the castle. It's so beautiful. But one of the reasons why it's not super common to see photos of the inside of the castle is because they very strictly forbid any photography or video inside the castle. How do you spell the castle? N e u. Found it. S-C-H. Found it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Really? They don't let you take pictures of the inside? Nope. Why? It's very forbidden. I think part of it is they just, I don't know, maybe it's because they want people to come see it for themselves. Maybe they don't want it to be like misconstrued through Mm. tourist photos. Also, I think part of it is if you're there, because this is also a rule when I went. Is this it? Yep. So, um. Did they do occasionally a lot of professional photographers and sort of well, but, yeah, yeah, for like promo photos and stuff. Yeah. Like they're gonna have to get some to draw people in. Mm-hmm. But like the palace in Vienna and like all kinds of other places, and that's like a pretty common rule. I think they just want people to come see it in person mm-hmm. rather than just look at a photo online. Which I get, I guess I kind of get. It kind of adds a little bit more to the magic. This really is on a cliff. It really is. And yeah, that is my story on Neusch Funstein Castle. Yay! Yay! It's so pretty. What are we talking about next week? Do you know yet? I don't uh, know yet. Because I was actually thinking about this last night, and I Googled it, because I wanted to do a place where I felt, like, legitimately scared while I was there. Okay. So another place I'd been. But then I was just thinking, I'm just like, there's no way somewhere like that is not haunted. So I Googled it last night and I did find like a lot of ghost stories that I didn't know while I was there. Sweet. And it is one place that I actually did try to take photos despite the no photos rule because I knew I was never, ever going to go back there. Okay. Well, you're not typically a rule breaker, so I'm interested (laughs) to know where this is. Exactly. Um, (laughs) It's in southern Poland and it's somewhere that's uh, deep underground. Okay, don't like that. I mean, I do, but I don't. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to me ramble about Neuschwanstein for a second <laughs> week in a row. Uh, if you're still here, you can follow us wherever you get your podcast at Full Scream Ahead. You can also follow us on Instagram at Full Scream Ahead or email us questions, concerns, personal stories, video game recommendations that are preferably not 10 years old um, <laughs> to Full Scream Ahead podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram. I am ship sailed. You can also follow me on the Twitter at, um, I do have an Instagram, but I don't really use my Instagram. So I think, I don't know why I brought up my Instagram. Never mind. So you can follow me on Twitter at emilystrange27. Mm-hmm. My Twitter is baby Lassiter. I very rarely use it. Um, you're welcome to follow me there if you should so choose. We just don't have an official podcast Twitter yet. Um, listen, I can barely maintain our Instagram slash Facebook. Yeah, I think we're. 
I'm tapped out. Yeah, we're tapped out. I'm so bad at social media. I'm Me such a bad too. millennial. All right. We need this to hire been a youth. Po- this has been a podcast. If you're a youth and interested in, I don't know, an internship or something, we're poor, Unpaid. man. This is volunteer work. <laughs> <laughs> we're the ex- we'll pay you in experience and exposure I can pay you in four people. I can pay you in food. I bring Dutch bros <laughs> every recording. I provide the Dutch bros. Yes, yes, I provide the cats. Yeah, she provides the cats. She also provided um, both of the microphones at the beginning of the pod, and she purchased the editing software. And then Cassie and we bought do us it, a new microphone We do it on week. her it's laptop, so and she spends all the time editing it. And so, like, she provides most of the things to the podcast. I just provide coffee and one microphone. And one microphone. It's a beautiful <laughs> microphone. matches my computer. It's very, very cute. I'm very happy you like it. I love it. Anyway, everyone, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you next week. Hugs and hisses. Bye. Don't no, give me that look. No, no <laughs> hugs and kisses from me. Hugs and hisses. Oh, okay. I was like, hold on. Um, yeah. Happy hunting. Hugs and hisses. Bye. <laughs>